listening to Five Nights. 7 to 10 p.m. only on 5FM. It is Mental Health, World Mental Health Day. And the theme this year is mental health access should be a human right. How far are we in South Africa with getting people access to help? I mean, I came across a study quite recently that had said that we still have some of the highest rates of anxiety and depression compared to other countries as South Africa. How are we with getting help? Are people seeking help? That's why I've got Zamombele on the show tonight. He is the Chief Clinical Officer at Panda House. Health, a senior clinical psychologist and the vice chairperson of the South African Depression and Anxiety Group. Zamo, thank you so much for joining me tonight. Thank you for the invitation. It is such an important day, such an important month, but what I have found is that the mental health conversation is a continuous conversation that's happening in the context of South Africa. Things are a little bit different now, aren't they? Definitely, and I think that there's something to be said to your opening sentence, which is to say that it's a continuous conversation. Mm. And I think there's something about mental health that is continuous mm. and conversational. Mm. Um, and so, I, you, you know, you, whether you realize it or not, it's such a beautiful uh, opening. We need to always be thinking, speaking, and making sense of and getting help around mental health. You know, mental health is one of those conditions that are like hypertension or diabetes. Mm. They're continuous, mm. right? Um, and so that's that's why I pick it up on, on that. And then the second one is conversational. Um, unlike most other um, difficulties, you can't see it on a scan. You can't yeah. do a blood result nine out of ten times. Instead, it's about conversation to pick it up. And then it's also about conversation to help people, which is what we're doing this evening. When do people know that they need to seek help? I mean, I was saying to Roger Good, who's the presenter on the previous show, and I was saying to him that there's only so much yoga and meditation you can do and your family telling you, you stress too much, don't stress. So going to the doctor and they're like, oh, your stress levels are very high. Stop stressing. Uh, Meditate. Do some yoga. Run five kilometers a day. There's only so much you can do in terms of, you know, trying to help yourself. And then at some point you're like, I need to take this further. How do you know that it's time to see my doctor? It's time to take that walk to my nearest clinic and go speak to somebody. First of all, shout out to Roger Good. I grew up on Roger Good. So a legend. Um, and to get back straight to your question, I mean, I think that one of the ways that I speak about it is to just make it as concrete and as practical as possible, right? Mm-hmm. Like um, most of us actually can get by in life, um, especially if you are a thoughtful individual who um, is working in the world, you know, whether it's your motor vehicle, your kind of physical health or your mental health, actually nine out of of 10 times you can get by, right? Mm. I think in the same way as you might pull up to a filling station and know that the difficulty that you're experiencing and trying to tell the attendant Mm. is not going to be resolved by the skill set that they have, that's when you're wanting to to kind of escalate that Mm. um, and recruit professional help. Now, that's such a tricky thing to say because then people are going to say to me, well, how do I know if it's going to be me? The most practical way to think about it is if you have any difficulty, you oftentimes then do something about it or you institute an intervention. And I love and believe in activities of daily living Mm. as proactive health uh, measures. They are exceptional and they should be sold more. So um, looking after your diet, yeah. sleeping well, exercising mm. is is so important. And let nobody tell you that that's small or simple. Okay. And in the very same way as um, uh, trying that should give you a result, if it no longer gives you 
a result. That's when you need to escalate and get a professional involved who may have a different skill set, which you do not have, Mm -hmm. in order to help you out of that situation. Mm -hmm. So to neaten it and to put it a little bit simply is once you start to do those things, right, already something... You, you, you've got the sense that something is not okay. Yeah. And if those things no longer work or do not work, then that's the point where you need to seek second line intervention, which is a professional intervention. And I think you and I, a little bit earlier, when, later when we're speaking about access to care, we'll also think about, okay, cool, what is that? You know, Do I speak yeah. to my pastor? Do I speak to my rabbi? Do I, do I speak to um, a, a counselor, a psychiatrist, a GP? Mm. We'll, we'll chat a, a lot more about that. Though a, a, a simple take-home is, if you know something is not okay or not working, do something about it. And if that something is in itself, not getting you out of that funk, that's when you need to yeah. consult somebody. You've worked in the NGO space, you've worked in the private uh, sector, you've worked in public hospitals as well. Um, in terms of people getting access and uh, different spaces where people can go from a doctor and medical uh, perspective, right? Do South Africans have a lot of options in terms of getting that help that they need? Can I walk to my nearest clinic and there is somebody out there, hopefully, even if I live in the most rural part of Mzansi, that could possibly help me? It's a South African story, and you'll forgive me for saying something that has probably been said for the last... 15 years mm. on paper yeah South mm. Africans have a lot of options mm. and um, you know I, you know, I, I, I kind of have a good sense of the, the public health landscape you, you, you should be able to walk to your clinic in fact even before that you should actually have um, some sort of support and help at your schools yeah. um, and then you should be able to walk to your clinic and then you should be able to be referred to your primary health or tertiary health care centre and then mm-hmm. you should be able to be referred to a specialist dad and then you should be able to access really great non for, not for profit or NGO um, places and spaces, and we have a big uh, um, private um, um, healthcare system. On paper, it looks really great. In reality, no. South Africans do not have an option. A lot of South Africans do not know what the options are, yeah. and a lot of the options have been made inaccessible. So to a lot of South Africans, this conversation is as much access to mental health care that they will ever have had yeah. because of the absence of access to care. So what do we do to make it better? Yes, we're having this conversation right now, but what is it that needs to be done for South Africans to have that access and so that it's not just on paper? If I simplify it in three ways, and you know, I could say something different tomorrow, even in an hour, yeah. I would say we do three things. Mm-hmm. Number one is we lobby and we advocate, um, and we really need to do a lot of that. And that's mostly to uh, private, to say, look, your, your, your tariffs and fees are too high, yeah. you need to reduce them. Um, you're creating barriers to care, to, to public and state to say um, your resources are too limited mm-hmm. um, and your accessibility is not on point um, um, at all. And then to, to NGO and NPO and we say we really need you, we fund them and, and we're trying to capacitate them. That's one. Number two is um, I do think that we actually do have these conversations and I wouldn't want us to um, um, discount the fact yeah. that you... And your team thought this is important to have at this time on this day. Thank you. Um, and that somebody listening to this might hear something about, okay, I've been ignoring an itch. And mm-hmm. actually, it's time for me to do something about it. Or somebody's in the car right now sure. and is able to kind of look over to the person next to them and be like, this is what I've been trying to speak yeah. to you about. Um, or somebody's by themselves somewhere in their um, solitude and hearing us speak and thinking, actually, maybe... I should start to speak about this because there's a lot of shame. There's a lot of stigma. And when we put it on 
um, one of the best radio stations. And we go, God, I want myself for having this conversation. Yeah. Join us. Yeah. Literally join yeah. us. I think we must never underestimate the power of that invitation mm. for people to listen and do something, maybe listen and participate, but hopefully listen and actually go out and, and get help. So the second one is we do have these conversations. Yeah. Incredibly important. The third one, very briefly, um, is I do think that we need to move with the times and we need to leverage technology in Absolutely. order to help people. There's no other way, you know. Um, you work with what you have, and what we have is actually quite an incredible tool through technology. Sure. So how can we use that? Um, I think you and I were, were at Varsity together, so mm. I oftentimes quote kind of um, university stats. I don't know if it's still true, though like something like more people on the continent of Africa, people on the continent of Africa have more cell phones and mattresses. <laughs> so why don't we leverage technology? There we go. I mean, my my first experience of therapy, I started therapy during uh, COVID. So we, we got into lockdown. And remember, we were all so scared and anxious. We didn't know what's going on. The pandemic had just, uh, you know, it, things were getting quite hectic. And we'd gone into lockdown. And that's the point where I realized I need help. There's no way. And I, I won't be able to survive this time without help. And I started with my therapist via Zoom. Right. And we stuck to that for like, Till today, yeah. we don't see each other face to face. You have <laughs> no idea how many hundreds of thousands of people are like me too. Yeah, right I literally, I've never. That's walked my story. Into, I have never walked into her office. We're using technology to do it, and there's so many other platforms that I am so excited about that do help that are that are really opening up access to South Africans, and I think that's exactly where we should take our conversation next. You know, mental health and technology and the digital space. Where are we at there, and what sort of help can we get from these platforms that? exist from our cell phones even though a lot of us do need to take a little break from them and put them down a lot more often they really are so helpful in getting us help and we'll chat about that up next if you're only just joining the conversation i'm hanging out with zamon bailey he is the chief clinical officer at panda health a senior uh, clinical psychologist and the vice chairperson of the south african depression and anxiety group it is world mental health day today and you can join in the conversation on 0825505151 Samuel, just before the break, we spoke about, you know, technology and you mentioned how technology can help so much with access. I've seen in the last couple of years, there have been all these apps that have popped up. I mean... I've got medica- uh, meditation apps. Yeah. I've got all these apps on my phone um, that have really been quite helpful in terms of like the, and I think it's the whole wellness thing booming yeah. as well. Is this the form of technology you speak of or it is a broader space than that? Like getting help from counselors and psychologists from apps and websites. Is that Facebook, you know? Is that what you mean um, when you speak about the digital space and access to mental health help? I mean, I think that it's it's certainly something that's broader, right? So mm. even our ability to have this conversation um, with technology, we have um, the ability to reach hundreds of thousands of people. Mm. And, um, you know, even if it wasn't me, if it was any other um, expert or professional, hundreds of thousands of people would never have access to um, an expert professional. And technology has allowed us to say to a lot of people, look, if you're struggling, it's okay, it's very normal. In fact, it's it's actually part of life. The, the World Health Organization describes mental health as having daily 
coping difficulties yeah. or daily struggles that you're managing with mm. like you know and um a different soapbox topic of mine and you must invite me back for this mm. is a conversation that i'm really trying to push around the fact that um the modern world has allowed us to do a lot which yeah. is great the boy are we doing a lot you have to work you <laughs> yeah. have to be great at work you have to come home you oh have to be word. a great partner you have to be a great da, da, da. you have uh, to have a hobby you have to be social <laughs> are you reading you have to read a book do you have, yeah. do you have a hobby do you yeah. have to, are you cooking Yo. what is your next recipe Yo. are you going to gym oh my are word. you traveling you actually can't do that in one day or in one week you absolutely cannot now the thing is um, technology is great because it allows us to do a lot the technology can also be tricky yeah. because it can also put a lot of pressure and I think that um, it's about harnessing and harvesting the good parts of technology mm. um, in order to get the best out of us. And um, radio broadcast, it has, um, I think it's still probably um, one of the more effective ways. Mm. However, you and I know, especially because you and I are of the same ilk, that um, cell phones and mobile devices are actually where the future is, right? Yeah. And so you're right, apps and, I mean, I cannot help um, punt apps and punt technology in the scalable solution to all mental health mm. um, and put very differently is this that everybody has a cell phone and mm. let's make use of cell phones not to um, worsen people's mental health mm. but to get people help mm-hmm. um, um, actually and of course that's what we do at Panda yeah. right? is just to um, use technology use what everybody has to, to really try and turn this tide because it's true a lot of people can get a lot of negative impact using their mobile devices and technology however as is anything that is so powerful can be good and bad yeah how do we harvest it and harness it for good how do we change it and say connecting with people is good yeah when you're disconnected we should be able to tell and it should tell you and say you're behaving a little bit different Mm. are you okay Mm -hmm. um it should also be able potentially to link you to emergency resources immediately yep. all the time. Yep. Give you the information you need. Mm-hmm. Help you understand things before you even ask the question. Yeah. And of course, that's you know what we do at Panda Health. Talking about the good and the bad of technology, we've spoken about uh, the good and what makes you know these devices so great in terms of getting the access to help that we need. But there's also people who are popping up who are creators and content creators. Uh, some are registered counselors and psychologists who are offering help to their social media followers but others not so much it's people who are it reminds me of pop psychology and magazines remember magazines used to have all these articles and they used to call it pop psychology if i'm not mistaken and i i I go onto tiktok and i think a lot about that and i'm like oh there are a lot of psychologists on TikTok, you know what I mean? And and then they go and they speak about all these uh, different conditions. Yeah. And I'm just like, do I have ADHD because yeah. of some of the things they, they, they're saying? Do you know what I'm saying? So what are your thoughts on, on content creators offering medical advice? Yeah, yeah. You and I <laughs> were, were kind of chatting about this a little bit earlier. And I was saying that um, if I were to map it out, people would be, would be very surprised to say, kind of know that. I would say between 20, 2009 and 2013, nobody wanted to speak to me. They were, I was like the psychologist in the principal's office. You were sent <laughs> to speak to me. Yeah. Radio was not calling yeah. <laughs> to kind of have this conversation. Yeah. Then something kind of shifted a little yeah. bit, 2013, 2014. Yeah. Radio started calling. People were like, okay, cool, come come speak to us about depression and anxiety. Mm. And the conversation started there, right? And mm-hmm. though it was still very rare. I used to be very popular because I was one of the few psychologists that was speaking about this. And now, as you say, there are a million and nobody cares about me. 
So, you know, the the trend kind of shifted and then people started to speak about it. And then I think um, post-2019, a lot of people speaking about it. Yes. To that extent, there is a lot of content mm. out there that is mental health, psychology, wellness. Mm. Mm. However, like everything, we just need to be critical. Yes. Is this credible? Is this valid? Oh. And is this helpful? Mm. And um, I'm so glad that there's so much conversation. However... Um, for the protection of individuals, especially vulnerable individuals at risk, yeah. and for the preservation of my profession, I have to say, not everything out there is good for you. Mm. Not everything out there is actually helpful. And there is a lot of fake news and false news. And one of my last points that I want to make to that is it's so fascinating because you have just mentioned before we had this conversation about a doctor who was posing to be something. Yeah. And, and you know, he is probably one of lots of people who are doing that, right? And it's even worse with mental health, yeah. wellness. There are lots of people out there who are not giving good information, mm -mm. helpful information, or credible information. In fact, there are some people who are deliberately trying to deceive Yo. as well. So you just need to be very careful around going to places and spaces that you know have good content that um, is has integrity and has validity mm -hmm. and is very, very credible. Um and very quick sentence, that's that's a lot of why I um, wanted to do this on a mass um, um, level is to say lots of people need to be speaking about this. We just need to be speaking about it in the right way and yeah. speak the right things. Yeah. So we've got some questions on the WhatsApp line. I'll start off with this one. I hope everyone in the studio is doing well and having a wonderful day. I've been waiting for a conversation like this, to be truly honest with you. But um, I want to ask. Because I am a junior netball coach, uh, I work with a lot of players, especially, you know, under, under 10s, under 16s, and um, varsity students as well. And there is the stigma against, you know, going to therapy and getting mental help because of the fact that first and foremost, from what I've seen with my players, is the fact that they don't want that stigma to be pressed against them as to I need mental help, there is something wrong. There is there is a negative stigma against it. Um, and a lot of my players would rather, instead of going to therapy, they would rather make use of the people around them. And I now am concerned with how exactly do I then convince them, especially the younger ones, how do I then convince them to you know start taking up therapy because as much as i pride myself in my ability to help my players and to comfort and you know to console my players there is only so much i can do and i know my limitations um so yeah that is my question please and thank you oh that's a good question i mean we we were chatting about that knowing whether to go to your teacher your pastor or it's time to actually go to my local clinic and find a counselor to speak to how how do you know how does this netball coach be there for his players uh but still convince them that listen it, this needs to be taken to the next level now you know i think that um it's it's so helpful and thank goodness that netball team has a coach like this <laughs> i know he's having amazing. these conversations and thinking oh my goodness how do i mm. how do i really help them and um there are a few things that very briefly perhaps i want to say to that i think one of them is the fact that we know that for the most informed of us the idea of getting help for your internal world is the most difficult thing mm. and so we know that on the one hand we need to be very creative very deliberate 
and at the same time we need to also be very patient and very understanding yeah. that there are so many barriers to entry and nobody's going to go get help if you say oh my goodness you you need to see somebody yeah. right um if i really slow things down and i i speak as a clinician mm. and as a psychotherapist there, there there would be three things that i would say number one is everybody responds to vulnerability and if you say to them that you can see and understand that they're in a difficult place because you recognize it in yourself or somebody that you love or know or this is something that resonates that has been proven without being contrived as incredibly effective mm. and act, and i know that 9 out of 10 people that go you know i know that person needs help is because they've been through that and then they got help yeah so why not recruit your individual personal autobiographical story and risk being vulnerable and saying actually um this is this is where i was i see maybe some of that in you and this is what i did mm. um as opposed to kind of a high horse instructive mm. you go there and you get help i think there's also something about us reconsidering what help is right yeah. um and you know i was seeing my analyst this morning and i was saying something about um i you know i don't know i, I can't remember quite what is right the 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 point that i'm trying to make is there's a variation of help and we need help with a whole host of different yeah. things sometimes i just need help thinking through whether i should um buy a i don't know what you know sometimes i need help thinking through what should i do with a big decision mm. sometimes i need help thinking through a very stressful period in 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 my time and i'm speaking about this i suppose very autobiographically there are lots of people need different help in different ways True. and there are different people to help yeah. and sometimes it can be a coach or a friend or family members mm. until a coach or friend or family members is no longer giving you something that is helpful for you or something that or, or is no longer giving you something over and above what they have their particular okay. skill set right okay. so to start somewhere isn't to say that that's the end goal we can start here and go you know actually over and above this i don't know what to do what to say and that's you know i'm going to escalate it and we're going to go find out where else to find help but do those leaders sometimes have the right skill set to even advise that and i'm thinking now if i go to my pastor and i tell my pastor pastor i've been very anxious for a while mm -hmm. and pastor says let's pray here are some verses about anxiety you know let's 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 do this right do you think a lot of or maybe i go to my uh, traditional healer and I, I, they are healers too and it's and and, and a lot of people see yeah. their traditional healers but now do these leaders and other forms of health practitioners work closely with counselors psychologists and have the tools to say to somebody okay we've done this part the spiritual part now it's the time to get a doctor you know in the mix no they don't and the re and the actual the fault is because of the psychologists and psychiatrists and counselors yeah. because they've made themselves to be this incredible um these incredible people in this like great place nobody's going to consult with that right mm. and i think that the um the shift actually is much more in the profession and the discipline of counseling psychology medicine mm. to kind of humble itself and to say yeah. actually you know they they you know we we're we're all working together mm. which will i think give an opportunity and you're seeing it in universities now for much more of a collaborative a collaboration yeah. between pastors traditional healers yes. and medical professionals yes. because number one we know that no medical profession or professional has all of the answers Absolutely. for all of the people all the time Absolutely. without a you know they couldn't ever and similarly i think if if 
if the world of medicine receives its arrogance or kind of imagining that it has all the answers mm. then similarly your pastors and your, your your traditional healers will be like okay we can actually work together mm. um because everybody has their limitations everybody has a point of absolute strength expertise and speciality and everybody has a weakness so if i say very very quickly i'm aware of time though mm. you know the third thing that i wanted to say is we had to use technology to solve for that many people would call me and say i've got this that and the other problem where do i go yeah. now because i've been working in the space for very long i have a good sense of where somebody should go however you know it's only one and maybe even um what uh 2500 two th- 2500 of me psychologists yes. who can do that with a population of 70 million that's not sure. scalable how do we find a system away Mm. Because nobody knows until they know yeah. where to go, yeah. actually, yes. and answer that. And just to say to anybody and everybody listening here, it's okay not to know where to begin. Yeah. There isn't enough information out there. There yes. isn't enough guidance. And, and you know, I hate to keep saying this. So at Panda, that's what we're trying to solve for. Mm. It's just how people know where to go. Not everybody needs to see a doctor, a psychiatrist, a psychologist. Uh, and not everybody um, should only be seeing uh, um, a registered counselor, social worker, a pastor, and whatever. Um, how do we use information that is really there proven again and again to help you triage in the same way as if you go on an app that brings you food it will already do that for you. It will say, this is a nearest food around Uh and this is your preference. We've seen that you've ordered this. This is what you like. How do we use technology to say, you know, actually we've been getting to know you Mm. and your difficulties around this area and in this particular geolocation, this is where you can go to access this type okay, of help. Got it. And that's what we're trying to do. Because I think that's always such a confusing one. People not knowing that I need to start with a GP or a psychologist. Or no, 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 no this one exactly. needs a psychiatrist. Then you're calling a psychiatrist and they tell you they're only available in three months. <laughs> three months? Are you kidding me? Yeah. Six. <laughs> right. Six months. So what at is 6, it? Actually, I, I, I need to ask you about this because I've, I've had to make a couple of those calls a, yeah. a, a lot. Let, right? me, let me tell you And what I was is. so shocked to find out that it literally you can wait about six months to see a psychiatrist. Do we not have enough psychiatrists? In we don't. Because this was even in the private sector that I was we calling. Don't. Oh, my word. So, um, we don't. You know, I mean, I, I oftentimes quote a bit of a dated stat and um, that says something along the lines of, you know, in South Africa, we have one of me to mm-hmm. 100,000 oh, people. So um, Soccer City or FNB sure. Stadium, imagine the cap full to capacity. One of me to have conversations and mm. help those people. And it's not um, simple things, you know, people are severely depressed and mm. psychotic and so on mm. and so forth. Mm. And when it comes to psychiatry, it's probably, I think it's like one to 250,000, a quarter million South Africans. So we don't, mm. we absolutely do not have. And that's what is really causing, f- it's actually perpetuating the stigma. It's a big barrier to access to care. Mm. We don't have enough practitioners. And this is one of the reasons we need to use technology. There we go. Now, before we wrap up, Zamo, one more question. If I have a family member that is not accepting help, if I have a family member who maybe believes, no, this is a spiritual problem, it doesn't need a doctor, or somebody that's not accepting after they've even been diagnosed by a doctor that, listen, you need to take meds or you need to go to therapy, somebody who is refusing to get the help that they need, how do I help a family member like that? Two very quick answers. Number one is it's so very important 
important that we do have institutions like SADAG. Mm. It's free, it's accessible. There are people there who are not on the, the clock in terms of money, who will be as patient with you, guide you, mm. and know all of the resources that are around you in mm. order to help you. Okay. SADAG is great and go there. The second very other uh, a brief one is, um, look, on paper, we do have a great constitution and it does allow that when you are ill from a psychiatric condition, you yourself don't even know that you need help. Yes. And actually part of the symptom of being ill is refusing help. Those yes. people are not being naughty, silly, or obstructive. Mm-hmm. Part of the symptom is saying, no, I don't need help. Mm-hmm. And um, the, as a result, the constitution recognizes that you can call a hospital, an ambulance, and the police service, in fact, okay. to help you get this person to the hospital where they'll be treated humanely um, um, as an assisted or involuntary patient. Zamombele, thank you so much for this conversation. Access to mental health help. And I think it's a conversation that we need to have, you know, all the time and not just on World Mental Health Day. But this has been so helpful. My WhatsApp line is going absolutely insane. It is just unfortunate that we are out of time. But like you said, SADAC, places like Panda as well are so helpful with getting the help that we need. Let's use uh, these digital platforms to help us get the help that we need. Download the Panda uh, app. We've got a great show coming up right now. Now, in fact, not to compete with yours. <laughs> Download the Panda app. Let's get help immediately. There Thank you go. so much. Zabombele on Five Nights, Chief Clinical Officer at Panda Health, a senior clinical psychologist and the vice chairperson of the South African Depression and Anxiety Group on Five Nights. Five Nights with Karabo on 5FM.